Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. What's up, ladies and germs? It's the one, the only, Brian Rails. Who the fuck else? I've got some reporting to do about, well, professional wrestling. And, you know, surprisingly, folks, WWE Raw has actually gotten better. Even though, you know, some people may bitch about, oh, it was an all-heel night. I didn't give a damn. And it's been a while since we've seen that style of booking, except for, you know, people are speaking of which are complaining about Ric Flair being booked during COVID-19. Okay, um, that's not up to us, and though they want to risk, you know, Rick getting involved, Rick loves professional wrestling. I don't speak for him. I can say that he's not the greatest of people, uh, considering the fact that we've, we've met, and Rick's one of the biggest legends in the business, and... Once you're part of professional wrestling, kind of uh, an addiction. And for Rick, well, it's kind of a an itch that he has to constantly scratch. I would go in order about WWE Raw, but I'd figure I'd just lay out the matches. So MVP versus Apollo Crews, MVP. The Fisherman Suplex, one, two, three. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> Bobby Lashley versus Ricochet. It's actually a pretty good pace match in the second one. MVP kind of looks very looks decent for you know his tenure back in WWE. Uh, Zelina Vega, Andrade Cien Amos, Angel Garza, son of Hector Garza. Okay, I don't have to introduce like that, but the way that they're utilizing the role of I wouldn't say. I don't want to say advocate, but that's very Paul Heyman. If you have any questions, though, man, it's like, feel free. Don't paragraph the messages, my friend. That's Russell underscore radio for Instagram handle. For Twitter, it's VTrain05000. Or, yeah. I will answer the best I can. Uh, let's see here. WrestleRadio forward slash Facebook.com. Lady Lynn will not be in tonight, folks. We apologize. She did take a sabbatical. She's still not feeling all that well, but we, you know she will join us next week, hopefully on Monday, at our new time, which would be 10 Eastern, 9 Central. Yes, we are switching times of this podcast because, well, some of you may be stuck inside with nothing to do because some of you do not follow rules. Just wear a mask. Who cares? Make it look fashionable. Who gives a fuck? You know, just wash your hands and do whatever you can to follow the rules. That's all I'm going to say on the matter for COVID-19. Anyways, 
So tonight's contract signing for Extreme Rules Horror Show. Um, that's an interesting title for a pay-per-view. But nonetheless, Drew McIntyre and Asuka were signing for their championship match. Drew McIntyre against Dolph Ziggler, Ziggler, whatever. And McIntyre basically beat the ever-living daylights out of uh, Ziggler tonight in the main event. It was a mixed tag match. It was Asuka and McIntyre versus Sasha Banks and Dolph Ziggler. Now, I said it didn't matter about how they booked, uh, booked certain things. They really started to blow up because the it's a draw. So if you didn't watch it, the contract signing ended up being a brawl between Ziggler and McIntyre, Asuka and Sasha. Asuka got pinned by uh, Sasha, which I find to be, you know, whatever. I don't know what you guys are doing, but I pray to God you you will know what you're doing at Extreme Rules. If Asuka loses the championship, okay, well, she has the opportunity to go after it again. But the same token, here's what I'm going to tell you. You give in to what people demand because you don't want to lose them. And the fact that Sasha and Bailey and Asuka and maybe a few others are the only ones working. We really don't get a choice in the booking department, do we? And uh, the reason why I say that is because during Off the Rails and Censored, I'm not only going to mention uh, the old school feel of professional wrestling where the bad guy gets extreme amount of heat, the baby face, in this case, Asuka is getting all the accolades or accolades that she needs in order for her to get over as a face. She's been a face before. She's been a heel. She has range. Sasha, I don't know whether you call her a face or a heel, but she's she's been cheered before. She's been booed before. So really at this point, I'm not going to be surprised if they take the championship off because holy hell, ladies and gentlemen, we had wrestling instead of talking. The only real talking that went on was, okay, Zelina Vega, who always, you know, has to be interviewed in the back and, you know, get her reactions because, you know, that's how you create a draw. Instead, she kind of reminds me of Sensational Sherry just a little bit. But anyway, so Zelina Vega chatted tonight, you know, then MVP promo. So, I mean, technically they're not out of the woods with doing too many promo. Um, My biggest thing is tonight on WWE Raw. Why put Bailey on commentary? I mean, her character, you know, has never been known to talk. She's getting more comfortable in her own skin. I give her that. But, boy... Her skill set without someone is pretty slim to none. And I say this because her skill set may include Mike's skills. She doesn't have any. She's never had any since 2014. Sasha, that's a different story for a different day. Oscar is going to defend her women's championship against Sasha Banks. I wonder why, you know, you didn't take advantage, you know, when Shayna Baszler was out there. 
because, well, Becky got pregnant, so they had to change up the whole plan. And a friend of mine who I work with basically said, Becky's too overly over. And I, you know, on Jim Ross's podcast, he said something about she's she's too strong of a baby face, so you really don't know whether to love or hate her. Well, okay, define too over. I mean, she's over. And when there are crowds chanting, Becky, 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 it's difficult to turn that character back into the bad guy. Unless by some fucking miracle, you know, when she comes back, she's going to be hated by the masses. There's a lot of misinterpretations of, of booking someone. And JR obviously knows what he is talking about, but I disagree. Because you know who's too overly over for some people is still on Sasha's and Bailey's nutsack? Those two are overly over. Know why? Because no matter what, if you put them in the situation that they're going to be healer babyface, it doesn't matter. Those two, I believe, are way overly over in this business, man. And there's certain factors to that. When they lost the tag team championships at WrestleMania 35, to the iconics of all teams, the Barbie dolls in WWE, the last remnants of the Divas era. And do they have any skill set other than, you know, running their mouths and being the heels of draw? And sometimes you're like, well, they can actually wrestle. Um, no. They remind me of the watered-down versions of the Bella Twins who basically, at this point in time in professional wrestling, they're known as the Bella Twins. Most of their matches were piss breaks, man, during pay-per-views, just saying. And they got in the Hall of Fame. What a joke. Why? Because they're twins, and they made twin magic, and they, they drew the crowd in, and they and they gave everybody their all. Like, fuck that shit, dude. I'm going to – the Iconics are a little better in the sense that they can actually attempt to work. Like, well, they're, you know, they're a premier heel. And I was like, okay, you've got Lana, you've got Natalia. Ruby Riot ends up losing again. I don't know how all the people that are, you know, that created attention in WWE in a positive manner are going through the process of being on losing streaks. I don't understand that, but, you know, I'm not the powers that be. I just watch the shit and report it. So Charlotte Flair's on sabbatical. Who gives a fuck? Um, Rick Flair, on the other hand, formulated a plan with Zelina Vega, Andrade Cien Almas, and Angel Garza. Now, there's a lot of issues right now between Angel Garza and Andrade Cien Almas. Ones in which Selena tried to solve, you know, it's like, okay, her character's got range, I give her that, and she's very good on the mic, so there's that, and you had R-Truth, who won back the 27 championship tonight, folks, I mean, this title's a fucking joke, 
like I said, Raw has gotten better in the sense that there's less talking and there's more matches. Uh, let's see what else. So tonight in a nutshell, it wasn't bad. It just, I haven't seen this style of booking in quite some time. It's going to take my brain to adjust, though. Why would you, so Sasha goes over Asuka. Hmm. I don't know if they're going to crap all over Asuka again, but I can, I can tell you, please don't do that again because there's just going to be a lot of, a lot more backlash than there is already, but I'm glad. I'm so glad that it wasn't for the uh, Raw Women's Championship because I'll be damned if those two brats are going to get their way. And by brats, I mean, look, they made it to the big time off of their match at Barclays Center, Sasha Bailey. So all the more, it's going to be more difficult for us to get behind a group of people who, well, I don't think Bailey complained, although I don't know. But I know Sasha probably did because Homegirl tried to go to AEW and was even tweeting about it a long time ago. But then Cody sat on the podium like the hypocrite that he is in some aspects, stated, we are not going to surround ourselves with uh, former WWE talent. We're going to be not overly saturated. We're going to be having a homegrown roster that's built around just AEW guys and gals. Maybe not to that effect in that statement, but here, here's my thing, folks. The funny part about AEW is they rejected Sasha. Then she goes back on social media, and, you know, they I guess I don't know what she negotiated with the company, but they promised Sasha and Bayley that they were going to be the tag team champions and they were going to tour on Raw, SmackDown Live, and NXT. Well, here we are. Sasha and Bailey are now the champions again, and they're touring around SmackDown Live, Raw, and NXT. So what's the problem? Well, there's several problems because, one, there's a women's tag team division that's being groomed in NXT, and you know that they're going to use them for practice, right? Kind of like when you go to the shooting range and you put up the targets, Voila, you take your gun, take the safety off, and start shooting that some bitch really good, right? What does it have to do with anything? Well, there's ways you can draw the crowd. Well, you know, just do, oh, we're going to have all heel week. Somebody must have been in a foul mood. Not at least have... Half baby, half heel. You can have an all-baby card, too, and that looks really fucking funny. It's been done before, though. I I can already attest to that because I got involved in independent pro wrestling, and sometimes the the heels can go over more so often than the baby faces. It's just kind of odd to see that happen in one night tonight, folks. And uh, the old-school feel coming back to pro wrestling I gotta add better punctuations at the end of my fucking shit. So, what I mean by is old school coming back to professional wrestling? 
because Lena Vega, MVP, and Lana are representatives for their fellow clients, right? And the funny thing is, you'll hear Selena Vega say, well, uh, MVP may be great with Lashley, but he's not me. And then she's aligned herself with Ric Flair. A vicious cycle of let's try and figure this shit out. That's the beauty of professional wrestling, fuckers, because now you've got managers that can actually hype up their talent. And to have a parade of them is actually kind of nice, not an overflow of us. You don't want that because if, if, that, if a group or a company is manager heavy, then that means the wrestlers can't speak. They can't perform on their own. They look weak. You name it. The thing is how I do have 41 minutes left before I get into this. You know, the world-famous Monster Factory may be opening. I don't know when. You'd have to look on the website of monsterfactory.org. That's www.monsterfactory.org. Believe me, Danny Cage knows exactly what he's doing. It's world famous. It's okay. It's how the likes of Seamus, Matt Riddle, Sonny, the Body Donnas, Chris Candido. Sorry as I yawn, but, you know, it's nothing in regards to Monster Factory. Just be sure to go to www.monsterfactory.com. Do not phone the office at Weird Hours, and also do not email the office at Weird Hours. Just be sure to give that school a chance. When it opens again, you'll de- Danny Cage is the real deal. I am, I'm telling you all right now, if you want to become a professional wrestler, manager, announcer, referee, invest in yourself and join that school when everything is open back up because... Class at Danny Cage cares about his students, cares about guests. It's just amazing. And that'll do it for the advertisements. All right, folks. The following show holds ex- or actually, the following show is not suitable for minors under the age of 18. If you can listen to explicit language, then great. But this is my show, so. Warning, content of this show contains explicit language. If you have issues, put earmuffs in. Off the Rails Uncensored is a copyrighted podcast that was christened March 7, 2016. Any reproduction or dissemination thereof of Off the Rails Uncensored, you will be fined. And yes, I do accept PayPal, but I don't think that's how this works. So, all rights reserved 2016, all rights reserved 2017, all rights reserved 2018, and all rights reserved 2019 and 2020. All right, buckle up, fuck, because I'm about to let you into a place where nobody's ever ventured before, and I don't think they want to. So, buckle up, fuckers. About to get inside my head and uh, all hands on deck, all hands inside the ride at all times. I can't guarantee you nothing. 
Okay, so bringing back the old school of professional wrestling right now in today's day and age, you know, with Instagram and social media, I wonder, you know, what would happen if they were to have Instagram back then and the phone technology they do now. Because imagine, guys, imagine for a minute, if you will, Bobby Heenan. Imagine, if you will, Mr. Fuji, Captain Lou Albano, Classy Freddie Blassie. It would be... One hell of a feat to pull off. But, I mean, the old school feel, meaning they were managers that spoke for their wrestlers, their managers that put their wrestlers over. great example of that would be Zelina Vega because, to me, okay, she is not afraid to get her hands dirty during a match. She's not afraid to confront someone head-on during, you know, down the ramp. Also, you've got Ric Flair, and you've also got, well, wrestlers themselves that can manage. The point is, actually, the question is, are they bringing old school back? Simply because it's just a good question. Jim Cornette, Ted DiBiase, the roadie. Those are examples of managers that people have forgotten. They think DiBiase wasn't a manager. Well, then what do you classify him as? He's sitting, you know, he's sitting outside the ring, and he's getting involved in matches. That's a manager. Unless you wear stripes, you're a referee. Unless you don't, I mean, unless you don't wear stripes or anything in regards to being a referee, it's becoming manager heavy again. And it's not a bad thing because they have okay, Paul Bear was running around, then you had the roadie, then you had Sensational Sherry. Yeah, Gable at one point being a manager when he was hurt. So it's like this big question. Okay, are we going old school because we booked one solid heel night tonight in WWE? Crowd, right? If you have any questions, go to Wrestle underscore radio. Go to WrestleRadio forward slash Facebook.com for the WrestleRadio page. And also, if you have any more questions concerning the Instagram post about me wearing a mask, then you've got serious problems, my friend. I can even give you his name, too, but I'm not... You can message him. I can give you his handle. No, man. No. We're not fitting to start drama up in here on Wrestle Radio Network and also during my segment Off the Rails, okay? So, as I was saying, it feels like we've got an old school feel going on right now in WWE. I don't know who's doing the writing. I Let's see, Bruce Pritchard. 
Uh, Michael Hayes and a few other producers and senior executives, whatever. Um, so, with all the changes, I mean, some things are still in place, but the booking selection made me think, okay, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't too bad. And they did tell a story with each match. I'm just starting to wonder, folks, if some may see, is you know, some of you view it as bad storytelling, or the fact that some of you are bitching up a storm right now on my Instagram talking about it's bad to book Ric Flair during this time. It's bad to book anyone. Period. Because right now, boy, you know the death toll is going up and all this. Nice little distraction. And please not talk about coronavirus, okay? Sorry. But I've always wanted to know, like, what's the method, you know, when you book old school again? How do you, you know, when to use a manager, when not to? Obviously, night during the two-on-one handicap match, things went really bad. Other than that, it wasn't a terrible show. It just had me going, okay, so there's got to be at least one match that'll make sense to me and others. Hmm. These were all over the place. At least, you know, they had structure. At least they're getting structure. That's something that AEW lacks a lot. I want to say my favorite women's division, that's easy, NXT. Sure, you know, Candice is not pushing the envelope where they're trying to put her in a metaphorical plexiglass box. I don't know. When Asuka took on, you know, the Money in the Bank briefcase match, she didn't know that Becky was going to be pregnant or announced that she was pregnant the next day. But anyways, I'm getting sidetracked here, folks. So if you want to call in, number is 213-943-3422. Again, that's 213-943-3422. It's toll-free. I can see numbers lighting up the board. This is kind of funny. But anyhow... There's a lot of yawning going on tonight. So anyways, as I was going to say, I'm going to wrap up the show fairly quickly tonight. There's some booking ideas that I, I don't think you understand the repercussions of what was going to happen. So this is kind of a plea. Actually, I've done this before. Can you guys allow Sasha Banks or Bailey to look less invincible you know, through the writing because you're going to make them tear through the entire women's division? I mean, granted, the matches are a bit slow, but Sometimes, and then they're well-paced depending on who they're working with. Asuka made Sasha look really good tonight. However, so if you're not screwing Banks, if you're not, you know, if you're busy playing the part of, well, the crowd doesn't like this, but they're not here, the feud arcs are still in place, all right? 
So whatever someone is feuding with someone, like WWE does a really good job of projecting that rivalry. Boy, they did a real good job with uh, Sasha and Asuka tonight. That was, whoever called that was amazing. So, at least it was entertaining. I mean, yeah, okay. So, I say in the description of this episode, pro wrestling is full of surprises and definitely has the feel of old school going on. Lately, I've noticed some managers getting their shine on, such as Zelina Vega, Ric Flair, and MVP, and Lana. So, there's four. That's how much there was in 1996. You know, you had Jim Cornette. You had Sonny. You had Sherry at one point. You had Sable. So managers are making their way back. Cool. I'm all for it. But, I mean, it's the old school feel. Yeah, the old school feel coming back to uh, professional wrestling and you had a manager that the guy couldn't really talk, Sid Vicious, anyone, um, or basically had guys coming in that they look great on paper. But, boy, when you hear them start to speak, you want to pull a kitchen utensil and jam it firmly in your left eye, your right eye, to see anyone. So their work is not the greatest. That's why I'm saying I'm excited because there's like a surge of professional wrestling managers coming back to the pro wrestling scene. And though some may say, well, we can see this on Evolve or we can see this elsewhere. Shit happens. It's an imperfect world. I just, I mean, I love to know, like, the inner workings. Well, you know, you complain about it. This is going to happen. Please don't fall into that trap again. We really don't need that in our lives, all the negativity and all that shit. So, for 30 minutes, hell no, I'm going to keep going, dude. Used to be Bobby Heenan was the poster child for WWE. And, you know, he had Gorilla Monsoon to compliment him. Stopped managing. He, you know, became a mentor to all the newbies and stuff. Bobby Heenan was pretty knowledgeable about that. But anyways, folks, the old school feel of professional wrestling was you either knew or you didn't know what the outcome would be of each match. Okay. And also old school meaning you knew who the heel was, you knew who the baby face was. So now they're going straight up back to, okay, we're going to project him, project you as the heel like Seth Rollins and Austin Theory and Buddy Murphy because they're the disciples or the apostles of uh, the Monday Night Messiah. It's an old school gimmick, all right, because you have a guy that's basically hypocritical in the ring, you know, and his character is Seth Rollins. Instead of the boring bland, I'm going to be bipolar and I'm going to come after your ass, Seth Rollins. It was, I'm evil. I'm maniacal. And I only think myself what bad guys do. That's what heels in professional wrestling do. And so on night, tonight was obviously, you know, one of those mix and match. Hopefully it comes out really cool type things. 
And booking the big show and booking Ric Flair, are we? Okay. Maybe I step back into 2002, maybe 2004. It all depends on what I remember from those years because I was in high school back then. If that just gave my fucking age away. But anyways, on a level of one to suck or one to decent, say, I'd say it was in between decent and suck. That's every WWE show. Since you know the pandemic, no, dude. I think we're missing the point. The point here. So, yes, I am hungry. Can you tell? <laughs> That's wrestle underscore radio, folks. Wrestle underscore radio for Instagram, Twitter is Brian Reels or B Train O Five Thousand, and Facebook is Wrestle Radio forward slash Facebook. You know, Facebook dot com. Anyways. I don't know if you can classify what's going on in professional wrestling as old school, but to answer your question, Jamie from, wow, a lot of Louisville listeners. Jamie from Louisville, Kentucky, did I get that right? Okay. Okay, cool. So your question for me is, who was my favorite manager of all time? I get most of my sense of humor from Bobby the Brain Heenan. But I also like Paul Bear. Batman led a lot of people to championships. The Undertaker, Mankind, Vader. Credentials are there too. So, actually, you know, Vader and British Bulldog and Yokozuna and Owen Hart. I think that was yeah that was the days pre you know prior to yeah oh yeah for sure so I'd have to say during that time Cornette was probably one of my favorites but there's a lot of controversy surrounding him so I don't spend too much time on Jim just the fact that he was a good manager and that's that so. um Managers are kind of, Managing used to be in a lost art form In WWE They straight up would just sit there for Two hours You know having Paul Heyman start off the show And then him speaking on behalf of Brock Because if he heard Bre- uh, Brock Lesnar talk Unless he's off Off camera He's not really that um, Great so you need a mouthpiece And provided that be Paul Heyman because the man's got so much influence and so much clout. Paul Heyman is also one of my favorites. My name is Paul Heyman, and I am the advocate to the reigning, defending, undisputed world heavyweight champion, Brock Lesnar. Again, Heenan was just comedic relief, but he's also just more than that because he had the uh, gimmick where if his opponent lost to the Ultimate Warrior, then he would have to wear a weasel suit. Well, most of the time, Bobby Heenan would lose. Then he'd always outsmart the Warrior, so it's not hard to, you know. You can't speak ill of the, the dead, man. That's just one thing I don't do on my show. 
I was witness to when Jim was on WWE Raw because I was in New Orleans for that. Anyways, so the old school of professional wrestling, is it coming back? Or did we just see a glimpse into a one-hit wonder? I don't know at this point because I, I rarely seldom watch main roster shit. And that's because there's an influx of NXT. Yes, I know this. But no one seems to want... Some of you don't want to watch NXT and you're missing out on some things. I didn't say all. I said some. The fact that Io Shirai is the third Japanese wrestler in WWE history, current speaking... To win the WWE Championship, though. I don't know if I just blabbed in a circle, folks, but I do know that I'm hungry again. This is great. At a late hour when I've got an appointment in the morning and an appointment in the morning to uh, start speaking professional wrestling language right now. So here it is. Managing is an art form. It's just like refereeing where the training is a little different for us managers, but uh, I actually am glad that they're implementing managers again. Y'all know why? One, I was one. Two, it's nice to know that uh, Lena Vega kind of got an accolade from me earlier, no, it's the fact that she knows how to fucking manage, she knows what she's doing, her timing is fairly decent no, it's actually fairly awesome there's a lot of nonsense going on in this world, my friend, we don't need to be talking political things on my Instagram, thank you so anyways, folks to wrap it up Managing is a lost art form in the world of professional wrestling. And if you're not familiar with it, then I suggest you look up the names I just listed. Now, I know I have more, but, you know, right out the gate. Yeah, I agree. So right out the gate, my friends, there's already been an incident, dear Lord. No, I can't really tell because I've got a switchboard on mine. So, anyways, so managing is a lost art form. You know, you got to build someone up and then tear them down. Build someone up, tear them down. So, on that note, is this, you know, is it feeling like the old school feel? Yes, on NXT and me. And do I partake? Do I partake in what? Oh, no, no, no. I know I'm fat, but I'm working on it. Anyways, folks, that'll do it for tonight. And if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. And I'm going to talk a little bit more briefly. So, you know, back when uh, people were kids and they went to school and learned how to tie them, you guys want to be safe in the environment, but you forget. Yes. Wear a mask, be safe. I can't really apologize for being all over the place in this because I am bipolar and I do have you know a bit of an issue mentally. So it's called severe depression and anxiety. I'm going to block this person. Sorry, block bitch. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you for coming. Let's do this. So if you're not 
okay with what I have to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Do those bitches I got to sleep. I got, you know, a few appointments and things I have to do. Take care. Oh, thank you, Latvia, Indonesia, Australia, Canada, South Africa, Norway, Tokyo, Japan. Thank you so much for listening to my craziness. All right, love you all. Toodles, bitches. I got to eat again. Dig it. <laughs>